Oh, then, yeah, so the other thing on Twitter, too, I, this, still, I can't figure out when shit like this happens or why, it makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Westworld put out a trailer for season four. Okay. I retweeted it, and the, tw- the what I said from our uh, podcast account was, I'm kind of afraid to watch the trailer because I haven't watched past season one. I fully intend to catch up, but here's the trailer for Westworld's fourth season, releases June 26th, HBO, HBO Max. This tweet got 15 likes, which is the most likes we've ever had on the fucking <laughs> podcast account. And I don't know why. 15? That's the most? Yes. On. At one point it was nine, and that was also the all-time <laughs> high. It has grown over the last day. Welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and the Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Leibach. Joining me for this episode is the master of the mystic movies, Josh Zorch. I like that. <laughs> I don't care if, if Bradley has the Channing Tatum title. I will <laughs> well, I'm never going to reuse that for him, but I will reuse this for you <laughs> if you want. Well, th- okay, this this might be an acceptable replacement for Mr. Movie Slut. <laughs> we finally got there, folks. Yes. It's been this long. I like that. So okay. Your wife will be happy. <laughs> uh, you don't know my wife i don't know <laughs> no it's good let's write that down nice we will do um all right so we're here uh actually before we get into the episode we're gonna do i actually want to remind everybody uh last week we recorded for may the 4th we did star wars themed episode with some star wars trivia we actually did that one live and streamed it on twitch which i have saved that video so if you want to not only listen to us but actually want to see us for a change uh, you can check out my Twitch page. It's Jedi Bry Guy on Twitch. It is in the highlighted video section. Uh, all I don't know, hour forty ish. I think we probably did on stream for that. So it went. That fast. is there. It, yeah, it went, it went smooth. It's it's a good ride. I listened to it a few days ago again. Uh, just to have something in the background while I did yard work, and it it goes like you barely realize the time's passing. And that's good because I was curious how the audio only section. Like that that version of the podcast, how it plays, because it's, you know, we're displaying answers to the camera as we're going. So it's almost, you almost need that visual aspect, but. Yeah, probably. I mean, to be fair, I was, I mean, I'm biased. I was part of it. So, <laughs> so, so like. You knew exactly what to expect. Already. I don't need to watch it. I was there. <laughs> um, I, I lived it. Uh, so maybe that helped me a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. At, at the least, I mean, it just kind of rolls. I think it, it's just, it was a good format to just listen to like question and answer, question and response. Yeah. So we're, I think, yeah, like Josh was saying, I think by the end of that episode, we, we had a lot of fun doing it. Hopefully uh, we can try to plan for another one at some point, whether it's Star Wars or something else. We'll see if we can plan it out. So if we ever do that again, chances are we'll probably be live on Twitch because if we're displaying answers, that's just the easier way to do it. And I think fun for, for an audience perspective. Even, you know, if you guys are in chat, even watching us when we do it live, uh, we had some responses. People were answering questions with us as we went. So that was kind of cool. I think chat uh, came in second. Chat did do pretty well. I think I mean, there well there was a one one point I think difference between first and second. Chat definitely had the solid third place. I think of a, out of <laughs> the five people that oh, were playing, true. chat included. Yeah, and to be fair, there was like like Brian's rules were if anybody in chat provides the right answer, 
team chat got a point. Yes, correct. So they they had you know a it's a it's us against the person world. advantage. Yeah. So yeah, well I'll I'll have that. Uh, I don't think I pinned it yet, but I will pin it on our Facebook page. I'll pin it on the the Twitters. Uh, so if you ever want to go back and actually watch that, it's there. And I'll remind you guys probably for a couple weeks just because it's new and fresh and it was fun. Uh, so for this episode, Josh and I are here to talk about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And him and I were actually talking before we recorded. Fun fact, the first Doctor Strange movie uh, for this podcast, way back in 2016 when we recorded this, was and might possibly still be our most listened to episode <laughs> of the show. So I think that kind of gives this episode a lot of hype to live up to. If if you want to go back and listen to that one, it's episode 72, which may or may not still be available depending on where you're listening to this podcast. Some, I think, platforms keep like 150 episodes in the backlog. Some of them keep 100. Um, I looked at Anchor, which is our hosting site. They keep up to, as of right now, episode 69. So nice. there's only a couple more weeks of this there. Yeah, you know, great great <laughs> time to look at the what was the last Snoogans. episode uploaded. Um, yeah, so if it's there, if you want to check it out, it will, it will be there for a couple more weeks until then it's gone. We'll never see it again. But as you'll hear later in the show at the, at the closing, Brian's going to provide you with some contact information. If you email him <laughs> at a particular address, he will definitely figure out a way to get you a copy of that if uh, you're having trouble finding it. I mean, worst comes to worst, if it's our most listened to episode, I could probably just re-upload it and say it's this review. And then just confuse a lot of people. <laughs> They're gonna be expecting. Hey, it works. It works entirely with a theme. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's you, true. That's almost what you should do: is release that first, and then put just this to see out how like many hits days. it gets. Yeah, like under under the banner for this title, and then uh, yeah, and then release this like two days later. And then assume everyone's not jaded enough to want to come back and like actually listen to the correct review when it's uploaded like two days later. I don't know. It's a nice. It's it's a good thought experiment. I like it. <laughs> how much how much pain do we want to actually put our audience through? <laughs> how far would they get into the episode before they realize this isn't the one I wanted? I, I figure it's worth the, the trial. <laughs> uh, all right. So we have had a five month gap between Spider Man No Way Home and Doctor Strange. I that's a. I don't think the the biggest gap we've had for MCU movies, but it's it's uh, decent enough considering this was supposed to be out in March. Which is fair, but but I mean, viewers, you, listeners, you could not see my face when Brian <laughs> said that. Like five months, holy shit! Five, oh my god, dude! There used to be a year between movies. Yeah, and then there used to be six to seven to eight to nine months. That was the regular until about three or four years ago. Yeah, and then, and then like, it was pretty getting, much three months every three months. I I mean I know we've talked about this a few times, but. We've got uh, post COVID. This is the fourth MCU movie in ten months. Yeah, Black Widow was just last July. That was just last July. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, I kind of forgot about no, Black fifth, Widow. And fifth, yeah, because Shang Chi and Eternals were in there too. Fifth. That's an average of every other month. So I guess if that's the cadence that we're uh, establishing, yes, five months seems like an eternity then. Well, don't worry. We got two months between this one and the next one, so <laughs> Jesus we're right back at it. Is it two, three, two? July. Yeah, you're right. July. This is yeah. ah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So this movie, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh, directed by Sam Raimi, who is replacing Scott Derrickson for this one. Derrickson was going to come back. He directed the first Doctor Strange, 
uh, and then left over creative differences. They brought in Sam Raimi. Raimi finished the film. Uh, the only writer on this movie is Michael Waldron, who, upon looking him up, I don't think I realized at the time, is the creator of... Yes, created for television by. He created Loki. So I guess, yeah, so I guess that means like he's either like a, a co-creator or he was showrunner. Yeah, I'm, like I'm saying like showrunner for that one. He didn't write the episodes, it looks like, but he is listed by... Or no, he did write he, he, one he of them. He wrote two. Two... Yes, yes, you're yeah, correct. I didn't two, see yeah. the other one after that. So yeah, two episodes of Loki helped create the series, which helps for the whole multiverse stuff that's going around. Uh, the film stars Benedict Cumberbatch, Elizabeth Olsen, Chiwetel Ejiofor. I always fucking feel so Ch- bad. Ch- Chiwetel Ejiofor. Ejiofor. Yes. Chiwetel Ejiofor. All right, close. I think that's pretty good for me. Benedict Wong. Is that Zalchitul Gomez? I'm going to butcher her name, too. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not sure of the correct pronunciation. (laughs) Uh, Rachel McAdams. Uh, I'm not sure if there's anybody else noteworthy on here that I can actually talk about right now. I think that's where I'm going to leave off the cast. Uh, Ratings for the movie. Right now, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a rating of 74 for the critics. Audience score is 87%. The... Metacritic scores has a meta score of 61, user score of 6.3. So those are still pretty well in tandem with each other. Wow. Okay. Um, the budget I saw from the internet told me $200 million is the budget for this movie. I think that's what they pretty much all are going to be. Yeah. Currently, or wait, we'll, we'll talk about the opening weekend. Opening weekend, I saw some stats on Twitter. Where did it go? Here it is. So it is the biggest opening of 2022 uh it opened with about 185 million domestic that's big for the opening weekend that was big so it's the again the biggest opening for 2022 best opening ever for sam raimi hmm? seventh biggest opening Wait, for marvel what? studios really that's what it said i'm not saying it's wrong at one point i'm pretty sure spider-man three two or three had the weekend record at some point i know we can't double check for that raimi? Right now no no for ever at, oh. at some point, like for around the time of their release, either Spider-Man 2 or 3 had the weekend record uh, at the, you know, until it was overtaken by something at some point. Yeah. Dem- looks like domestic opening for Spider-Man 3 was $151 million. Very well could be. Could have been Spider-Man 2 has a domestic opening weekend of $88 Because I remember at the time... So Spider-Man 3 was 2007. By the time you get to 2011, uh, the opening for... There was a brief period. It might might have been almost a year. I think it was unseated by Avengers. Uh, the last Harry Potter movie, I think, had the weekend opening record at like 170 at the time. Okay. And then Avengers blew it away with like 202 right, or right, something right. like that. But yeah, that's... so. That shocks me that, like, all these years later, I mean, Spider-Man kind of, like, held the crown for a while. Well, yeah, especially, yeah, it was the most popular comic book movie for years until, what, probably, I I don't know, because Iron Man didn't even open very well. Not hugely, no. It did, like, average, maybe, like, slightly better than average comic book money at the time. Right, so it probably wasn't until the... uh... I don't think it's comic book movies finally started catching on. 
yeah, Avengers it's not maybe till, till Avengers that like records started becoming a thing for these. Yeah. Uh, a couple other stats: the seventh biggest opening for Marvel Studios, uh, highest ever for a second MCU solo film. So it made looking back at Doctor Strange one opened at eighty five million. So this made a hundred and eighty five million. More than double. Yeah. Well, a lot of goodwill um, has been earned in the last five and a half years. Yeah. The opening weekend ended with about four hundred fifty million globally. It grabs the tenth biggest opening of all time worldwide and fifth biggest for an MCU film. Wow. Okay. So Endgame, Infinity War, No Way Home, Captain Marvel all beat Multiverse of Madness. Multiverse of Madness comes in at number five. I don't think uh, globally, global openings. For yes, yeah. I Endgame did, I... was one point two billion. Avengers: Infinity War six hundred forty million. No Way Home six hundred million. Captain Marvel four hundred fifty six million. I don't think I realized Captain Marvel did that well. I don't think I realized that either. Wow, that's that's. I mean, I'm, that's great. I'm glad, but I did yeah. not realize that. Um, and then these are where it sits. Doctor Strange sits within the MCU opening weekend domestically. It hits number seven out of the other MCU movies. He didn't list the the tweet I'm looking at does not list all seven. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It leaves off the one and two. But number three was Infinity War, two hundred fifty-seven million. Avengers, 207 million. Black Panther was number five, 202 million. Age of Ultron, uh, Ultran. Age of Ultron, <laughs> 191 million. It's opening weekend. Multiverse of Madness comes in at seven, 185. Right after that is Captain America, Captain America Civil War, 179 million. Wow. Which is a lot of good company to have, I think, for. It is. It's like, the stuff that we're taking for granted that I guess, I guess, time marches on. The things that. At least in my mind, I I feel that the we'll call it you know the community um, reveres as so, sort of like the landmark chapters mm-hmm. along the MCU, like the Avengers films, Civil War, those kinds of things. Like this opened better than Civil War. That's insane. Yeah. Well, it's coming off a lot of the goodwill I think that No Way Home had because No Way Home was the biggest fucking movie in the last you know three or four years. True. That. Just and you know, it's smart marketing on on Marvel's part to throw the Doctor Strange trailer as the post credit scene for No Way Home, right? As soon as you're done with No yeah. Way Home, you're like, oh shit, the story continues in Doctor Strange. Yeah, probably. And I think we did talk about that aspect when we discussed No Way Home, um, right? Like, is this going to be the new norm? Are we going to get like yeah. a thirty or forty second actual quote teaser for something at the end of every one? Now, uh, spoilers that did not happen. Right, you get actual um, more traditional mid and end credit scenes yeah, for this movie. But I wonder now. To be fair, the next film is Thor, which had like already like a few days, a week, or whatever, two weeks before, had already just publicly released its teaser or its first trailer or whatever. Right. Whereas that was basically like the world uh, premiere of Doctor Strange footage, if you will. Whatever well, you want to call was... the thing. It was different because of that, like, Spider-Man is considered a Sony movie. So it's like Definitely. part of the deal was could have been, hey, we're going to, you know, Marvel's going to make the movie for you. You're going to get a lot of the money. Oh, by the way, can you throw a movie for a trailer for our movie at the end of your movie? Yeah. To, to, so, so that people remember so, so that the way that Spider-Man ends and p- potentially what, the you know, after seeing Morbius, what Sony does next 
we don't talk about Morbius here. As as <laughs> as the stuff, they're like, no, 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 no. We want to make sure people realize that this other aspect continues on. Yeah, if you want to see a good movie, go, <laughs> go, go see Doctor Strange. Um, so some of the updated numbers out, coming off of the 450 million to, uh, worldwide opening. Currently, if I'm looking at Box Office Mojo, it sits at 508 million dollars worldwide. So it made another 58 million. Not even a week later, like the, we're ha- at the time we're recording this, it's halfway through the first opening week. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. So we'll see what second weekend brings. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's definitely on pace to make 600, 700, maybe eight million, eight hundred million dollars. Maybe. I, w- I mean, there's not I don't remember the calendar like until. Like maybe Ma- uh, uh, Maverick Top Gun. Mm-hmm. and Jurassic Park, like, is there something, is there, like, another blockbuster hitting this month? Is there something that would really detract from that? Because if not, I mean, you Nothing have, that's sticking out to me. Because you have two two more weekends in the clear. That's true. Yeah, that would help the part. legs, I think, it's, having nothing it, around it, really. Yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked if it hits close to 900 after all said and done. Like, I know this weekend I am taking my nephew for his 18th birthday and we're taking as part of his celebration we're taking him and four four of his friends plus like four of us <laughs> to the movies nice to, to to see that so you're doing your part yeah so like repeat viewings people getting out like for the first time uh to see it this weekend maybe or whatever i, I would not be shocked and we'll get into it when we do. Like this movie is highly, highly rewatchable. Yeah. Um, kind of in advance of you asking the like, hey, what are your general thoughts? And what do you? I'll just tell you, like, we're about to blow this movie for the next hour and a half, <laughs> probably at least from my side. So yeah. that being said, I I could see a lot of repeat viewings uh, in the theaters to bolster those box office numbers. You know, traditionally, it seems like movies in the second weekend, normally whatever they make in the first weekend gets cut in half. Sure. So if this movie makes 200 250 million in its second weekend, that's yeah. a that's a win for the movie. Oh, it's huge. So yeah. it's just going to depend what that drop off is. We'll have to compare notes next week and see how it goes. Mhm. Um but I know you know a lot of the fun of this movie is getting into the spoilery stuff, but before we get in there, so you and I will talk about some general spoiler-free thoughts, what yeah. you thought of the movie, what we can talk about before we get into spoilers. So where do you want to start with spoiler-free general <laughs> thoughts for this movie? Um, So as I've said at nauseum here so many times, I do a complete media blackout for these MCU movies. Um, I will all but run out of theaters covering my eyes and ears if I had to to avoid trailers and TV spots and internet advertising. Um, I've done that for years now, about, we actually talked about it pre-recording about six years right about now. Uh, actually speaking of civil war, um, that was the first one I did that for. So I am so glad that I did it. Like it, it, it's always fun, but probably not since like Endgame and infinity war, like those kinds, like Spider-Man was fun, but this was the, 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 it paid off for this. I can attest to that because I sat next to him in the theater the the, op- the opening night we saw this. So <laughs> yeah, he he was very jubilant at a few moments of this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it it was definitely worth it. Like I, I there was a couple images, um, and this is in the advertising, so this isn't spoiling for anybody. 
um, I had seen an image, just a still image of the zombie strange face. Mm. So I had known that was happening at some point in some capacity. But other than that, like there was nothing about it uh, that I knew going in. I really didn't have much of a sense of the plot other than that little tag uh, at the end of Spider-Man that gives you the sense of, okay, well, things are starting to maybe rip apart and strange and and wanda are gonna get together to be a part of it in in some way that was it like that that is as as specific as it got for me yeah um i um so since we recorded our our discussion of the secrets of dumbledore i've actually been feeling really guilty and almost like wanting to issue an apology (laughs) to the listeners because i feel so bad that i i I feel like I had like a therapy session on their time for an hour and a half and just unfortunately was not kind to a property that I really love. It's going to be the complete tough opposite tough of that. Tough love, right? Tough it, love. To some degree, yeah. But it, it's going to be the complete opposite of that today. So the general thoughts are there's little to nothing. No, there's little. There's very, very little. <laughs> Because I got, I got one. I definitely got one. But there's very, very little that I have problems with this. It's not like I thought they made the best choice ever. With it, but it's just really well done. It's just a damn yeah. good story. It's a really well put together movie. Yeah, I, uh, I, I really did enjoy it too. I think I, I don't know if I would rank it, uh, like really high in my MCU ranking. I haven't really put the thought in process, like put the thought in to see where I'm going to rank it like stacked up against all the other MCU movies, but probably like high of the mid tier for me is probably so, where this will fall. So speaking of which, do we, for the listeners, for perspective, do we know what chapter this is? What do you mean? What chapter? What what entry this is? What number? Oh, uh, in the uh, MCU I, I kind of lost count after like 25. Is this like 26, 27, somewhere in there? I think it might even be as high as 28. Because, again, this is the fifth one in, yeah. like, ten months, so add a big chunk onto wherever uh, uh, Far At From At some point, I was, off. like, I was keeping a, a running list, and then I kind of fell off, so I should probably get back to yeah. it and figure out it's, where everything I, falls. I think it might be 28. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it's got to be difficult to try to, especially on one viewing, like, immediately. Well, actually, good question. Did you only see it one time? I saw or? it twice. I saw it twice. I went Friday and Saturday night over okay. the weekend. Got it. I, so, I just did Friday, so I've only had one so far. Yeah. Um. And it's it's not that this, you know, again, nothing to take away from this movie. It's just that I think my top tier stuff are probably all rated like nine or above between nine and, you know, if we do our scale of 10, between nine and 10 is where my top tier stuff falls. Yeah. And those are movies that I just absolutely adore and can rewatch at any fucking point in time. So it's it's hard to shake those from the top of my list. So... This is definitely maybe right under that. Uh-huh. Um, I think that uh, Raimi's direction was really good. I think they, they let him get away with a lot more than I thought they would. For <laughs> oh, yeah. One, a, maybe a PG-13 movie, and two, just yes. a Marvel movie in general. Yes. Um, I think all the actors did great, specifically Elizabeth Olsen. I think she fucking killed it again. Um, And I don't know... There's a lot of... Maybe not a lot, but there's a, there's a good bit of... 
some cameos in the movie, is all I'll say. And I'm unsure how I feel about some of it, which we will get into in the spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I'm still, even after two viewings and digesting a little bit, I'm still kind of like, I, I, I could see myself going either way, Yeah, depending on what Marvel does following this movie. Is where I'll leave my Got general it. thoughts, and we'll we'll expand expand upon that in the, in the spoilery stuff. So I think that there's a couple different categories of initial gut reactions that I've had to this many MCU movies, MCU movies at this point. Um, first category is, yeah, okay. That's for me. That's my Ant Man's. That's oh, poor the, the first Thor. Um. As much as I, I enjoy it, that's probably where I put Black Widow. Okay. Um, then there are break the mold epic. The you know this is a historical film kind of stuff. That's the first yeah. Avengers. That's um, uh, Winter Soldier, Infinity War, and Endgame. Okay. Then there are wow, that surprised me, and they did really cool stuff. I didn't know anything about these people. Um, that was really awesome. I- I'm happy that I saw that. That's most recently. That's Shang Chi. Okay. Um, then there's stuff like Ragnarok. That's where this movie falls for me. Okay. It's a it's it's an established character. It's a continuation of storylines and, and whatnot. But I come out of it like, wow, they just went out of left field with so. Several, and not even like making a multiverse pun, several left fields yeah, at the same time and along the way, it all somehow worked together really well. Yeah. And it was just something I could not have ever guessed that, you know, as, as you said, sort of like the creative fabric would have put these ingredients together and this is what we would get. Yeah. So this, this easily, I, I think I, I've really, really had a good time with this. This, this this could easily it probably again yeah same as you like it won't crack Mount Olympus right it's not it's not gonna reach up there but it's gonna yeah. be at like the demigod kind of tier yeah I got you um all right well at this point uh before we get into spoilers just one more time go see the movie yes uh, we, I think we we can both recommend checking this out if you're curious check it out form your own opinion come back listen to us see what we think um. <laughs> So we're going to get into the good stuff. We're going to talk some spoilers. So again, if you have not seen Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, pause this now. Come back after seeing the movie. We will not be responsible for spoiling this movie for you unless you want to be spoiled. So, you know, in that case, you can stay on this journey with us. But last warning, spoilers to follow. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. All right, so we are good for spoilers, whatever else we want to talk about. Um... Josh and I were kind of talking before the, uh, before we recorded about Josh specifically brought up the um, synopsis for the movie that was on IMDb, yeah, and how it kind of honestly will misdirect anyone from seeing the movie, or well, not from seeing the movie, but the as far as the plot of the movie, it misdirects you a different direction. And this is something I thought of because now that I've seen the movie, I went back and watched the trailers I've been avoiding for you know, the last month or two or three or whatever it's been. Um, Cause I watched the first trailer that they showed at the end of Spider-Man no way home. And then from then on, I didn't watch anything else from that. Even from that trailer, the first trailer, 
especially maybe coming right off of No Way Home too. The whole trailer makes you think that Doctor Strange is the one that causes this whole mess. Okay. And it and at no point do any of the other trailers tell you that Wanda is the villain. It still seems to be like something else is happening and she is there to team up with Doctor Strange against whatever is coming. So as not having again not watched the trailers in advance and not having gone back to see them uh, now yet um the spirit of the Spider-Man tag trailer to me seemed to be, uh, hey, I did this thing in Spider-Man. I need someone who's also a magic person, potentially like Wanda, yeah, to help me deal with potential repercussions. That is the mood that I uh, kind of got that they were setting with it. Didn't turn out and to I be think, true, but is that right. how the rest of the trailers play out? I think all the other trailers do the same thing is where okay. it, it, and it's some of the, the voiceover in the trailer, I feel like is brand new dialogue probably recorded for the trailer to make that connection also to, to, oh, okay. to reinforce that connection. Like, you know, I think the, the second trailer, Dr. Strange is talking about trying, you know, he, he did what he did to save the world and uh, more or less sort of, compounding on what happened in no way home again just casting the spell everyone seems to be blaming him for what happened some of that dialogue were is probably from the movie because they do blame a strange for things that are happening just not our strange it's one of the other multiverse strange that you know cracked the multiverse and they were you know they eventually had to kill and whatnot but okay so i i even though i avoided all that stuff i do appreciate the lengths that they went through for the marketing to keep all of that still a surprise. Cause really within the first 20 minutes, Wanda's the bad guy. Oh, very quickly. Like this, this move, the pacing of this movie just moves. Uh, and I was unsure when you hear the runtime of a tight two hours, you're like, how are you going to get this movie done in two hours? But I think the, the pacing of it works. I think it goes pretty well, but as far as just, uh, Making Wanda the villain, I think, was something I, I kind of wanted. I think coming off of WandaVision is something that I wanted to see. And again, with the trailers, I was like, oh, they're not going to do it yet. She's she's had her redemptive arc in WandaVision. And she's going to be, I guess, fine for this movie. But no, mm -hmm. that's not the case. And I fucking loved it. <laughs> I loved that they finally... I feel I was trying to go back and listen to some of the episodes. And I, don't, I don't remember if we talked about it specifically with... WandaVision or if it got brought up for like No Way Home and stuff, whatever was coming next. But I, I, we're at the point now, you know, 28, 27 movies in or whatever, other than Civil War, we've yet to really see any good characters go bad. Like even in Civil War, everybody had, you could see both sides. There's not a definite yeah, agreed. villain. Like, I mean, you could still empathize, I think, with Wanda in this one, but she is straight up the villain. Oh, yeah. And she is one of the most powerful people in the MCU. And to make her the villain, I think, makes for a very interesting movie. So, I mean, how do you feel about <laughs> Wanda as the villain? Uh, so you're not wrong. So I got I to gotta pull back a step and, and untie some of that. So do you – if 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 the marketing materials are what you're saying they are, I almost feel that that was a misstep then. Because to a general audience, wouldn't you want the notion? Like, wouldn't it be more titillating, more intriguing if the conflict, 
is there. Maybe. But it's it's this is this is I'm curious too, coming out of like people that really like Wanda, mm-hmm. are they gonna come out of this movie liking the movie, or are they gonna be mad that she's the villain? And vice versa, guess, like people yeah. that don't like Wanda, are they gonna be like, "Oh yeah, fuck her up"? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but yeah, uh, but yeah, good point. Um, and you also have to assume some people have not watched WandaVision, so they don't know where yeah. she's coming from prior to this movie. I suppose that's that's very very true. Cause not, I know they have a lot, but that's right. Not everybody has Disney Plus. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, to unpack some of the other points you made. So I I agree with you that I thought that. Wanda was not at the end of WandaVision. She is not um, escaping from consequences just yet, but in terms of, as you said, redemption. Um, I got the, I got the impression that she, and I, and I don't think I'm entirely wrong to feel this way. Um, like I really misread it. Um. I I feel that yes she had remorse. Yeah, for what she what she had done. Um and with the, like okay she gets the dark hold from Agatha and so all right you're going to go forward and now you're learning more magic and blah 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 okay that's going to contribute to where your path goes next. But two things along that line. One, for me the turn that occurred in Wanda in this movie was extraordinarily er- well was very early and was extraordinarily fast. See, I don't agree with that. Um well, I mean my 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 I don't say like my argument for it, but like the the I don't think in between the last moment you see her in WandaVision and the first moment you see her in this and she has like a 90 second discussion with Doctor Strange that very quickly turns into you will stay out of my way or I will destroy the universe to get what I want. That happens very fast. Well, let me ask you this. What is, what is your, your last, what do you remember last seeing of Wanda in WandaVision? She's in her cabin, uh, 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 spirit projecting, reading the dark hold. So had we ended the series and not got that post credit scene, I would think, okay, she's on this redemptive art. She, she feels remorse and guilty about what she did, blah, 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 blah. Because we got that, seeing that, I'm already under the mindset of she will do whatever she needs to to get her kids back. Real or not, she's going for her kids. And, and that's the thing. So there's nothing about that family aspect that I thought was being left on the, on the table with WandaVision. I thought the arc of that show was the grief and the pain of a very effed up life yeah. and, and losing vision and having to be the one. And I love the aspect of this, uh, this movie, that, that line that she has about saying like, I had, I had to blow a hole in the head of the person I loved and it didn't do anything. It didn't yeah. matter. Right. So all that trauma that's what went into Westview. That's yeah. why she creates a family. That's why she fabricates all of it. But for me, the kids, I, th- I think that was my latching point, is the kids were one element 
of this other life and this other reality that she wanted to create, not that it had become this all-being hinge pinpoint of her entire being. That is maybe what I needed. I, I think there was a way for you to meet her in this movie, get a little bit more dialogue, come back to her like a scene, like to have something in between, come back to her a scene later. I need, I need, I needed like a slight little more gap. I needed a little bit of a bridge to get from, yeah, she's reading the dark hold. But again, if I have no, I, if, if I am not correlating her passion for having been a mother to the degree that that is her entire arc here, yeah. the entire thing that is that is all she's about she doesn't give a shit about vision anymore she, that is not on her plate so for me there was just a distance there that they jumped very quickly that yeah. would have for me i i think been better served like you like you said it's a tight two hours give me 210 yeah give me just a slight little bit of slack in there to get to that point to understand that because I don't feel that was very apparent from where she left off. That when I said I have little to like gripe with this movie, that was it. That was like okay. the one thing. I will say I'm glad that if something like that was supposed to happen so starkly, I'm glad it just hit the ground running at the beginning. Yeah, you get you know the oh there's some shit that's going on and Strange is looking into it. He gets pulled into the middle of it immediately. Like you said, 15, 20 minutes in, you meet Wanda. She turns. The rest of the story is off and running. Right. If that had happened in like halfway through and I there, there was still no indication that this was so important to her, it would have been worse. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like I get what you're saying. Maybe they could like maybe there's a director's cut out there that gives you a little bit more exposition. But I do think there's a like a show not tell aspect to that part of the movie where they, they give you the nightmare of her and the kids. Mm -hmm. And I think from from there, I guess maybe I can extrapolate with like where I remember her being left off, like looking for the kids. So I don't know. I guess I could see her just get in my mind. Maybe I just made the leap of her getting like laser focused on the kids because she's dreaming about them all the time. And the dark hold is telling her where to find them. So that becomes mm -hmm. the obsession. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, even when that, when that reveal happens, I still, I, I don't know if I was ready to believe it yet because she's having the conversation with Dr. Strange and he, she mentions America's name. Right. And I look to you like, wait, he didn't say the name, did he? One and of those, then yeah, classic, classic moment. Like I never told you her name. Yeah. yeah and then exactly. right after that, she acknowledges that. And I was like, Oh shit. And like then she, like, she you know, she reveals the she spell and everything. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, thinking of going back to thinking about like, you know, her, the dialogue of like her blowing visions head out and for killing the stone, it means nothing. She definitely holds some animosity towards Doctor Strange because he is the one that surrendered the Time Stone to be able to let Thanos, yeah, take the stone from Vision after she thought she saved the world. Oh yeah, good point, good point. And 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 so that that feel that makes sense. That that part of it absolutely makes sense. I I had a feeling that so. Not no, I, I not that I had a feeling because we we definitely debated this with with WandaVision discussions of like is she going to be the villain? Is she going to like have a because I thought we well and it kind of did end up playing out now that we've seen it. I think we thought that what she was actually doing in Westview would continue. 
Yes. More directly. Yeah. It would expand. <clears throat> it would take on a different um, incarnation in a way that, like, Wanda needs to be stopped. Yes. As opposed to she is, you know, like, after the fact, gained new knowledge and is applying it differently. And that enters, that, that is what creates the plot. Whereas right, I, I thought think... we would we would be finding people having to intervene in the middle of the plot. Like, we almost knew some degree where we'd be starting, and we did not. That's right. Yeah, I was trying to go back and listen. I never I never found the, <clears throat> the, <coughs> excuse me, the right part where we talked about it. But yeah, I think that's right. I think we thought because she's messing with the hex and making this, you know, mind controlling a town, mm-hmm. it would somehow break the multiverse and cause this whatever's happening in Multiverse of Madness. Not that she would directly be influencing all of that to try to kickstart all that stuff. Or and then, you know, after because we saw WandaVision before No Way Home. So that was our theory oh, yeah. going into No Way Home. And then after No Way Home, we're like, oh, no, it's definitely Doctor Strange's fault. He did it all. It's it's on him now. Mm-hmm. And then we were still wrong. So <laughs> we were. And so we, let's quick sidebar on that. And this is the this is the point I wanted to bring up that I, I mentioned to you. Like, hey, rem- remind, remind me to talk about this. I'm pretty sure that the way that I think Sony wanted to make a multiverse movie with their spider-man yeah creatively somebody figured out okay the way we're gonna do that is he requests he makes a request of dr strange that goes wrong and has repercussions that's how we do that that's the means to that end i'm pretty sure that nothing about what happened in Spider-Man is going to impact the rest of the MCU at all. I don't think that's the plan. I think that was a a means to an end for Sony. Again, seeing what they did with Morbius. Yeah. I think that is all it was. Because coming out of that type of thing, literally centering around a multiverse, literally talking about the fabric of time ripping apart, even like I, I thought we would have something to do with Kang in this yeah. one that he would he would maybe not in a huge role, but he would be witness to he would be a part of something yeah. um, given what happened in Loki. Not the case either, but specifically the things that Doctor Strange did. I don't think that's going to have any I don't think that was for the MCU. I think that was the 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 plot device you needed for sony to do to be able to do their multiverse spider-man movie that was it yeah i think that 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 took me for a surprise because i figured calling this the multiverse of madness after what we just watched five months ago like he even i think strange even says there's like one passing line about like a a run-in with spider-man lately like i forget what he actually says that's it. That so, is it. <clears throat> if you remember, I think like this movie was supposed to come out before No Way Home. Right. At one point. Mm-hmm. So I even had that thought, like talking to people outside of the podcast and stuff leading up to this movie. It's like, how much is this going to uh, be the fallout from No Way Home when this was supposed to come out before No Way Home? You can't drastically change a plot that quickly and then have the movie come out. Like, you know, just delay it another three months from a March release date and suddenly it makes sense after all this. Literally, the conversation they have in that, like, diner or whatever 
When he mentions Spider-Man, that has to be the reshoot. That has to be the one connective tissue that puts this movie after No Way Home. I mean, possibly, but if that was the case... I mean, Because otherwise, you, what, the whole movie what, plays out as a sequel to WandaVision. Cor- correct. But if, if you don't have that line, and if this gets released first before Spider-Man, what happens in Spider-Man then? Like there would have there would have had to have been something in there that alluded to or referenced what the hell just went kind of like took place in this one. And it didn't. Yeah, because if that was the case, then Doctor Strange really has no reason to fuck around with that spell in the first place because he's seen the multiverse and knows how bad it is. Yeah, I, I so I I think part of that point would come down to how long ago. Did the production shift? Because I yeah. know th- this was announced as part of the timeline in July of 2019 by Kevin Feige as part of that whole thing. They laid yeah. out like the next two to three years of movies, at least at that point, and gave you pretty much a timeline at that point. COVID threw all of that around. Yeah. So, yes, at some point, I think the original release date for this was February... I think it might have been February of 2021. Yeah, I can't remember. It, the dates shift so much, I don't remember what the original ones were. Correct, and that's and that's fair. So I think the the answer to some of those hinges on how long ago did the schedules change? Because, yeah. yeah, this bumped from March to May, but, you know, did they do that a few months ago as they were finishing production? Or, you know, if... They they probably had enough lead time when they realized, okay, we're not getting movies out for an entire year or, you know, a year and a half late. We can rework the aspects of these films we need to to go in sequence now. Well, I think they've been, like, pushing stuff here and there, as even as we're going now. And I think this, the excuse they keep giving is that during the times of COVID, it, we just can't get visual effects done as quickly as we normally would. So it's mm-hmm. usually delaying a couple months to finish post-production stuff. Yeah. So again, I don't know how much they'd, if they'd really go ahead and change too much stuff, but I don't know. It seemed like the only thing that stood out to me was that one conversation in the diner when America Chavez explains the multiverse to them and they're still trying to figure out what's going on. And then he mentioned Spider-Man. That's, that's the only thing that I feel any type of connective tissue to No Way Home. To oh, me. Uh, it, it, it is. And that that is what shocked me. And and I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to the like, oh, well, that's what they shot afterward to make it make sense because it, it was released afterward now. Yeah. But I even I think even if things had gone normal. For, you know, if COVID never happened, if things were just made for the most part, I I think they I think Sony much more was just looking for a mechanism, a ex- an excuse, a, a way to and do they what they want to do with their side of the stuff. But anybody like like Doctor Strange or any other characters who are going to continue, who are like MCU proper, Wong, like none of nothing that happened in Spider Man is going to play into anything. Like it's not it's not a through line. It's not yeah an ongoing plot. And that took me off guard because it yeah. seemed, it seemed ready made. Like it's the, it's the movie after they're just handing it to you. Right. And then this entire thing becomes, uh, 
Wanda is ripping apart time and space for her own ends, which was cool, yeah. just not what I expected. Well, let's kind of loop back around to Wanda. Do you think? Yeah. How do you think they they did with her character? You think they, they did her character justice? You liked what they did? I I other than it, it I will admit, given what I just talked about with her and her quick change, it took me a little longer to settle in to kind of accepting yeah it all um but probably like halfway through the movie i'm like okay i'm along for the ride now we're 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 there it took me a little while to adjust to kind of believing uh, it, that that's what was going on um but like overall what happened like her does her arc from beginning to end make sense like from the first time that you are told in a post credit scene of winter soldier that you know her and her brother volunteered for experiments with hydra um to where she excuse me to where she presumably maybe ends here we don't know um she has the, the through line from there to here is pretty complete it it kind of makes sense yeah i think if they I, I mean, the follow-up question was going to be, do you think she's dead? But I don't think, like, I don't think she's dead. Like, I think there's still more for her to do. I'd like to see her do more stuff. But it, on the flip side, if they end her character here, I'm cool with it. I think that is a justifiable end for Scarlet Wish. I think it makes, I didn't see it coming. I didn't, I didn't see, like, the death of Wanda, the end of Wanda. Yeah. Um, And that's it. Like, like some, some characters, like, yeah tony in endgame like you get but I, I i guess i wasn't prepared for being presented with the end of wanda in the mcu yeah. and that's it i i think the way that they did this it would i mean we, we talk about this in this way sometimes it would kind of cheapen the way that the movie ended the way that the plot resolves right 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 um the reason that she decided to bring the building down all of that um i think you you kind of lose that a good deal well i think though like if she comes back in some other movie in the future or something or a show whatever i think her character has a lot more redemption stuff to to do than where she came from from wandavision like she was at flat the, out this point, killing people in this movie yeah so that to your point before like wanda is the villain holy shit yes she is yeah, because not only does she have, you know, the, these big aims, but she slaughters half of Kamertage. Yeah, just straight up murders them all. I think her visitor pass is revoked from there. A, a little bit. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna deactivate her key code, <laughs> her key card. Um, and that so uh, and that that scene specifically talks about it brings together a couple points we've already said. Number one, like. I did not expect the story to go that far. I didn't expect uh, Marvel to bring that kind of thing to screen. Um, I didn't expect them to, you know, say like, and it's not all Sam Raimi, but you know, the 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 more brutal, more horrorish aspects of it. That that definitely was more of a shock moment. Yeah, for for me. Like, yeah, I, I, I and I think it, because it wasn't as insinuated as we get a lot of the times with these movies, like yeah. especially like mass casualties of real people 
a lot of it's I like mean, oh, okay here's here's zombies uh zo- zombie asgardian soldiers in ragnarok to beat up here's ultron yeah. robots for us to be- beat up in several different ways several different ways she's just flat out killing people with, yeah these are with, actual people yeah uh, with with no possibility of like well you don't really know because you see it off screen and this is a thing like no 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 she homicides like 30 people and you know this is another point i was gonna add, maybe just ask you and get your opinion but since you're more of a horror fan than me would you call this a horror movie would you go so far as to classify this as a horror movie or or quote-unquote mcu horror maybe it's not full-on horror but maybe mcu horror gets it its own little classification absolutely as close to mcu horror as we've gotten there 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 were it it, it it's too fantastical and still too whimsical to yeah really be allowed to be called a horror movie knowing i mean if, if you look at sam raimi's background yeah like oh look spider-man that's fun the dude made the evil dead trilogy yeah that is why he's a filmmaker that's why hollywood allowed him to be a filmmaker because of those movies but he also made dark man he like you look at his resume it makes sense why he's why he was behind this this film and you well, and yeah, I, they lose Scott Derrickson, and then they go, oh, yeah, Sam Raimi's coming in. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I got it. Right, yeah. which 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 makes sense. And we talked about this at the theater. Derrickson I had been talking about since 2015 or 2016 with the first movie. Because I knew he was coming from a place of the, uh, the day the earth stood still, sinister. He was coming from a legit horror filmmaking background. Yeah. And actually, if I remember, I think... His next movie is coming up. It's been delayed a few times. Releases. It's finally coming out in June or July called The Black Phone uh, with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Like, he's a horror filmmaker. He can do other stuff, but he's good at horror. Yeah. So I wonder what it was that he really wanted to do, either plot-wise or visual, you know, what sequence-wise, whatever it was, that Marvel was like, uh, no, can't, no, we, we can't agree on that. And they part- I. I- Every time I hear creative differences with with creative people, I don't think it's that, hey, Marvel's not going to let you do this. I think it's more that maybe they want it to fit a little bit more into their blueprint and maybe the creator doesn't want to color inside the lines and wants to, you know, like you still have to fit it somehow in the overall arching MCU stuff. Maybe they wanted to include some nods to the What If series on Mm -hmm. Disney Plus and Derrickson didn't want to go that way. So that's a creative difference. Could be. It very well could be. Uh, Part of me... I can't help but wondering if there was some more, ext- we'll call it more extreme, whatever, you know, just along that spectrum. Yeah. Uh, than, than we were presented with because I was not, I, I didn't think Marvel and Disney had the backbone to do even the stuff that they showed us in this one, specifically a lot of the sequencing with the, the imagery, really, if you think oh, yeah. about it, the imagery around zombie strange that's that's horror imagery that is yeah. horror gothic type of imagery it's not sell a toy imagery yeah um and then specifically the when black bolt blows his own head oh, yeah. apart <laughs> and then when she dissolves so this i almost thought was like what you didn't need to do but they did when she kind of unnoodles Mr. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. And the Turns very final thing is still you get like this, this brain pop. pop or something. 
at the end like wow they didn't need to do that um yeah. like of that group well i mean even think about that that the, the sequence with um xavier when he goes into her mind and he finds the other version of wanda who she's inhabiting hiding and when and like our wanda creeps in like the the lost island smoke just yeah. blurts out of nowhere and just snaps the dude's neck yes and they yeah. don't and they don't like obviously like, there's some parts of that that they're not showing but they don't cut away immediately like they stay with the shot while you hear yeah you see his head go you know so like they were not shying away from it it was not all like shakespearean offstage stuff I think the uh, the the black bolt head exploding thing was when I, when I was like, oh, okay, they're they're going for this now. They are. Like, the, all yes. gloves are off. Like I agree, I agree. And then that whole sequence just followed. Like the like just the whole middle part of this movie. I adore. I think the middle part of this movie is really good. I think. Oh, like, I agree. Her hunting them and then going into that that specific multiverse and mm-hmm. then like the Illuminati and all the stuff that happens there and then just seeing that team get wiped the fuck out. They are no yeah. match for Wanda. No, nope. was just fucking great. And they're not, they're not a match for Wanda, who's in another universe at the time. Yeah, she's using a, a version of herself as a puppet. Yeah, um, yeah, that's some fucked up shit, and I love it. I, we're gonna come back to him at some point, but. What happened to Mordo at but like in this? I don't remember. Last I remember, the, like the only thing a, I could think of is that they they he, he slaps they slap the bracelets on the two of them. Like Strange and Mordo have yeah. the bracelets on. The bracelets nullify their power. Right. So right, but so like Mordo's last, stuck in a ditch and he can't use. That magic. was it, right? That was like yeah. the, that's the last time you see him. So as far as I know, he can't use magic to get himself out, and there's no steps to get out. So I think he's just stuck there. <laughs> Until someone comes to get him. Which I believe happens eventually, right? Uh, so, okay, so that's, in theory, that's the last, that's where we Because Strange couldn't okay. use magic until, uh, uh, wow, shit, why can't, I'm, I keep wanting to say Major, Rachel McAdams, but what's her, Christine. her character? Yes, until Christine unlocks the bracelet from him and then he can do his powers again. That makes sense, okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll come back to Mordo later, but, um, so we're, are we still, still talking about Wanda, or are we on the horror uh, stuff still, or... I mean, like, kind of, I, 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 one other point I want to make one, I think they did do her character justice. I think actually that she had the biggest arc in the movie. I think she outshines Dr. Strange in this movie. I don't feel like Dr. Strange gets much, much of an arc. I feel like Mm. he kind of ends up the same place he begins. Yeah. And I, I don't know, like I, you, you're meant to see that he went through something, but I don't, the only thing I could think of is like the face your fears type of thing. But I think Wanda gets more character growth and more stuff to do in the movie than he does. Very much so. And it kind of makes sense that even more so, like, if this is where she ends, you need it to be. Yeah. Um, as much as we could probably talk about some other stuff, I do want to get the Illuminati stuff out of the way. Okay, go ahead. So th- this is something I, li- I alluded to with, like, the, the cameos and fan service and, and stuff like that. But... What what did you think of the Illuminati and the the all the cameos we get for that middle part of the movie? I again not having read or watched like really a single thing about this. Um, I know the name, but I don't know anything about the name as it pertains to its usage in the comics. 
I assumed it was a an analogous thing in the way that ridiculous, idiotic people in the real world use the word Illuminati <laughs> in real life. Um, and it kind of ended up quasi being true. Um, I, mean, I don't know why they ever picked that name, but it's essentially it's a group of leaders between different superhero teams in the Marvel Universe that almost like spy organizations, they trade information with each other mm -hmm. to try to keep the world safe, regardless of their their inter conflicts or, you know, they might not like each other one way or other, but they put those differences aside for the better of the world and mankind to keep the world safe mm -hmm. is the the I guess bare bones of the group. Yeah. So we're introduced first. Well, we we are it, like we find out Mordo sits on the council, um, as the Sorcerer Supreme in that universe. Yeah. Because uh, he meets Strange first. Uh, I forget the order. I think we might get Peggy first. I think yeah, because she throws the shield to get his attention. If that's what happens, okay. Um, so one by one, I guess. So Peggy. Um. Yes. Thank God. <laughs> Just I I am oh I I I love me some Haley Atwell. I don't think it's the the version we saw in the What If. Like I think it's another version of Captain Carter. I don't think sure. it's the same one from the cartoon. But it's still really cool to see her in live action in costume with the shield and all of that. It it was awesome. It was it was great. And I also liked that it... they gave her a fucking jetpack. Like how cool was that? <laughs> <laughs> no, and not only that. Like I, okay, I know there's stunt doubles and there's wires and there's there's uh cgiing her face onto somebody else and whatnot i i liked that they portrayed her as a fighter yeah like she fought as captain carter with as much spirit and in the same way that steve would have you know what i was thinking during that sequence i can't wait to see mission impossible oh shit i forgot about that not that i was not going to but i um i'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Like, I don't know what, if she has, I'm assuming she's got to have some action-y stuff to do because it's fucking Mission Impossible, but. I, yeah. I greatly hope so. Um, yeah, she, I, she, I, I, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan. Um, All right, put it back in your pants, move on. It was <laughs> interesting how they, okay, so let's just say, I didn't see Black Bolt coming a million miles away. I thought of all black sheep of Marvel TV never and movie media. We would never ever again. Not even in, no. Even for a moment. Um and even you turn like because they actually give the actor more of like the the comics appropriate costume. Even you you know took a, took you a couple of minutes to realize is that the actor from the show and it is. They they give you the the first quick look at him, and then it, it kind of has the jawline of Anson Mount, who was Black Bolt in the the god awful TV series that they had on ABC. Right. And but they didn't give him, you know, in the TV show, they didn't give him a like a mask or anything. It was just his head was exposed, so you could very clearly see him. Yeah. Well, because because um, he can't speak, he has to communicate through face right. and emoting sign language and stuff so like that. Much yeah. That, yeah. They didn't want to cloud that, which made sense. So, yeah, you get the quick peek and it's like, is it? And it wasn't until, like, you really get the to lock on his face that you could – I was just like, yes, that's the that's the guy. And then it made it that much cooler that they brought him back to give him a proper cameo appearance as that character that he played. He had two minutes of screen time and it was already ten times cooler than anything that they did in that fucking TV show. 
it, it was. And at the least, maybe it was like a consolation prize. Like, yeah, we'll 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 try to legitimize you. Yeah. Like in the way that and maybe there's certain legal reasons they can't rights reasons. I don't know. Um, I mean, the number of times I've got I've gone to bat for the Incredible Hulk. There's nothing about uh, Betsy or I mean, General Ross, you know, goes forward through a few movies, oh, yeah. but there's yeah. nothing about the events or anybody else in that movie that Marvel acknowledges or touches. Um, but they they still at least felt uh, that they were going to legitimize Inhumans by by bringing them in here. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the big one, I forget. I forget if Captain Marvel was first uh, before Mr. Fantastic. She came before. Yeah. Well, probably because after that, you're not going to pay attention to anything else. Right. Um, I'll be honest. I, I, I loved Krasinski as it. Go ahead. Go the, ahead and share your thoughts because I know we yeah, talked about is, it and I know it's coming. This is the specific one for me is yeah. that I, you know, for years, I think the Internet has been fan casting people for at least the, the two that I see the most, I think, for Reed Richards are John Krasinski and Rahul Kohli were the two that I seem to find on the internet. Maybe it's just the circles that I run on the internet, but that's the fan art that I see the most. Mm -hmm. The fact that the internet seems to have won this one and has fan casted Reed Richards as John Krasinski is, is like, I, I love Krasinski. I want to see him in this role. I am more pissed that the internet seems to get some sort of validation out of picking this correctly. And now they've gotten their wish. It makes me very happy that they killed him off five minutes later. <laughs> In and, this universe. Right. So that's, I mean, that's something else we can try to talk about is I don't know if the, the roles we see here or if they are just one-off like fan servicey things like, hey, we listened to you. You got what you wanted. Krasinski's Reed Richards. Now he's dead. Now we're going to recast when we do the movie, which I would think I would much more prefer. I think I'd rather just have these one-off things. Possibly. My, my like the, the one I will let pass is Professor X. Like well, yeah. you can't not have Patrick Stewart as Professor X, regardless of how many times Professor X shows up on screen. I I if they do that, the X, whenever they do the X Men again, like I feel like it has to be uh, Patrick Stewart. So that one threw me off a million times because the number of times that um, Stewart, I think after Logan, like really said like no no this this is this is it. Yeah. Well, everybody, you know, everybody, same with like Sam Raimi and stuff. Like, I don't know if Sam Raimi ever planned on coming back for a superhero movie, but now he can play with all the toys in the toy box. So why wouldn't you? Yeah, fair. Um, I guess my, th my thoughts on the Krasinski situation is <laughs> he's, he, it's good casting and going back into the eighties, into the nineties before they made X-Men in, in, in fan circles, in magazines, constantly, people would fan cast Patrick Stewart as, oh yeah, Professor X. So I remember seeing that in Wizard magazine way back then. Right. So, isn't that the same thing? Where cre creators are potentially looking at what part of their target market is excited for or looking at like thinking about themselves and delivering on that 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 that's there's I think not the really disconnect, much difference with that the disconnect for me is that i think those circles that fan cast the internet like that fan cast these roles on the internet i'm always seem to be connecting them with the side of the internet that 
is, feels entitled and just wants to bitch about every fucking thing. Like, I feel like it's the same people that had it not been Krasinski, they're going to complain that why the fuck did you cast this guy and not Krasinski? He's right there. Like, which it's is that kind of stuff. Which is fine, but at that point, then they're just whiny shit babies and no one's going to listen to them anyway except each other. You would think that, so but they still, if that's, if that's the same group, then they, they are getting what they want. And I feel like all that's going to do is make them cry and bitch and moan more often. Like in this instance, but, right, okay, everyone, well, but, everyone assumed that like, or at least the fan casting had to go with Krasinski as Reed Richards and Emily Blunt, his wife as Sue Storm. Emily Blunt got tired of hearing this kind of shit in the press tour she was doing for Jungle Cruise, right? Everybody kept asking her about Sue Storm and she just had enough. Yeah. Now that this has happened, how much more shit do you think she's going to get from the internet? Because now her husband is actually Reed Richards. That's fair. Um, I, I, there are, okay, so if, if, and we probably talked, I'm sure there's somewhere along the way, either on record or not, that we talked about either rumors of casting or like uh, uh, something. One of us probably brought up Krasinski as a potential. Yeah. So among ourselves, we're both part of the group you're talking about, but also not there, because we're, we, we're, we're satisfied with this thing that we thought would be fun anyway. Cause we got it, but there's just it's, because it's, we're maybe not the, vo I, I guess it's one of those things. Anytime I see an, a quote article from a quote publication <laughs> that has sensational or hyperbolic words in its uh, headline, I pass them by, I don't read them, and that place loses credibility in my mind. Anytime it's like, like coming out of this, let's say Krasinski wasn't cast. The yeah. type of the type of place I'm thinking of on the internet would have would have had a title. Marvel fans are outraged. Krasinski isn't right. No, because they saw five comments on Twitter or a message board about a thing. So they're they need content. So they're going to write a thing that says yeah. Marvel fans are that. No, no. So those those it's like the snake eating itself. Those places legitimize those people. And so you sometimes see them being written about. So you feel they have more of a voice just because they're the ones getting written about for content because they got nothing to goddamn else write about because there's too many people writing useless shit on the Internet. And I think that's the gist of it is the, the, the that the side of that group that I don't like is the one that seems to get the loudest. And that's the one I hear all which, the time. Right. Which is always the case in, in some ways. But I don't I don't think the lesson or the takeaway is. Don't do something that is a good decision and popular, potentially popular, just because it's popular. If it's a good decision, I guess, I mean, it's a good decision. Part of it, too, is like I, I, I want to be not that I wasn't surprised. I don't know how to describe it, but mm -hmm. like I, th I think going almost with an unknown or a or a left turn choice for a role mm -hmm. and then having that be successful is where I get a lot of joy in movies, like casting someone for Reed Richards that I would have never thought should be Reed Richards. Sure. And then having that person blow me away is the yeah. stuff that I kind of want going into this. Had you said, Oh yeah, Krasinski's Reed Richards. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, it's not as surprising to me. I'm surprised that they did it. Yeah. Him well, being cast in the role is not surprising. Well, I'm sure there's other castings. Okay. So for instance, among us, I have said, 
that I think, um, oh, should I not, his names escape me, uh, Dylan, uh, O'Brien. Oh, Dylan O'Brien. I think he would be a, a potentially good choice for Wolverine. Now, if nobody oh, okay. on the quote internet <laughs> says that, yeah, and that's not getting written about to the degree that you think you have the visibility to Krasinski fan casting, yeah, and Dylan O'Brien gets selected, is it the same? Is it any different? Does it have a different effect on you? Like, it, it's. I'd be fine with that. Is, is, maybe is, it is just, just a matter, matter of, of like is it just the a matter masses of what you want hear. this thing. Yeah, I, I think that's a lot of it. What you I, don't. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Yeah. I think that's probably where I make the difference. Is that there, there's certain things that I hear more often than not. But I guess whenever I hear something loudly on the internet, I in my mind maybe it's just the pessimistic side of me, but I always mm -hmm. associate that with the shitholes on the internet. <laughs> Fair. And when the shitholes get what they want on the internet, it makes everything worse in my mind. So the fact that those people in my mind, again, are getting legitimized by stuff like this. And a lot of it, I think stems from fucking rise of Skywalker. Like I know. I, I know watching that movie, that plot of that movie feels so much written by internet, like by committee, like the internet mm -hmm. basically said, here are the plot points I want to see, which is a shit movie. If you read that just with, before the movie comes out and they go, Oh yeah. Okay. Everybody wants that. We're going to put it in the movie. No, no one wants that. It's just the loudest part of the internet said they want it, and now you made it happen. What about these people that are just waiting for a good movie, not saying anything? Those are the people you've now fucked over. I consider myself one of those people. I don't go about talking about what I want all the time. I just want to be surprised and give me something. I Part of it is like, it, I feel like it's influencing the creative decisions and and processes of people making the movies. That they're not trying to decide, okay, I... With my creative vision, this mm -hmm. is where I want to go with it. They're listening to other people outside of that, and it's influencing their creative decision, and then the whole thing's fucked up. If their creative vision led them to John Krasinski, and it just so happens to coincide with what the internet is saying, I can buy that. And I, I, I think that is the um, benefit of the doubt that you have to give to a large degree, because you'll never know the answer. Yeah, and it, it and, irritates when, me, when, and I, when, I will go on these rants forever because it's probably going to happen again. But it, that's and it will. That's, and that's, that's where I'm at. So the 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 part of the part of your your thought linkage that you have to consider maybe working on divorcing is just because the loud, obnoxious people sometimes also kind of maybe want something that y not that you want per se, but like that other people who aren't them also might want or think is cool and that might actually be a good idea if it was done. Yeah. When, when those elements happen to overlap, it doesn't mean they got their way. It because doesn't mean that, but I know they're going to take it that way is, is possibly. my leap, I guess. Possibly. I get, and maybe it's just me. I not, not that I don't entirely, but maybe I not saying you do, but maybe like I, I don't interact with that many people on the internet. I don't interact. I think I, I scroll. I see a lot of stuff, and maybe it's just like my curated feed. Now I've seen. I've, you know, <laughs> it's it's my fault for looking probably too long at some what the assholes are saying. It's like, and you have to shake your head and be like, "What the fuck? No, who says that?" And then of course you see the next yes. thing that goes, "No, who says that?" And then before you know it, your whole fucking feed because of algorithms and bullshit is all of the whole thing you're scrolling yes. is no, who fucking says that? Like, <laughs> okay, yes, then I think you just hit the nail on the head. You are, you are it. It it would be like if you le if you 
if you have one particular like political leaning or ideology but you spend so much of your time interacting with or reading the stuff that you absolutely despise and then you're shocked that all you're exposed to in a money-making social media machine is all the shit that you're spending your time on yeah that that it, it's feeding it it's it's a catch-22 for me for sure yes and we can we can go over my therapy session some other time i think <laughs> but for <laughs> so i was for okay. the movie so i will say overall i i i i like personally i like the choice of krasinski now okay. all those other feelings we just talked about aside everybody else everybody else in this um so, so sony is the only thing that has had a display of different actors in the same quote role so by because by the nature of making no way home they had already made two different incarnations of spider-man right. with two different actors yeah so that's how it worked for them in this Presumably, this is a different Black Bolt than the one we saw in Inhumans. This yeah. is a different Agent Carter than Peggy Carter than existed anywhere else. Um, it's a different Monica Rambo, but for whatever reason, it's this. It, it is Monica Rambo who either took over for Captain Marvel or she ascended to become Captain Marvel. But it's the same actress as yeah. the same character. Yeah, they're not saying she's Carol Danvers. That's Monica Rambo. Do we think then that we have that 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 our Mr. Fantastic casting has been revealed? I don't know. I think there'd be more pomp and circumstance to something like that. Like because they again, the, John they, Watts was meant to do the movie, he right. backed out. We're still waiting on a director. I feel like the director would have to unless that stuff is already chosen, they just haven't announced it. And like you said, maybe this is the announcement. I don't know. But we this still is the way you do it without spoiling it. Yeah. I mean I could I could see it. Because if, but, think about it, if 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 in advance of this there was no other news about Fantastic Four except a casting of anybody, yeah, and that's all you knew somehow, even one person on the team, and then something called the Multiverse of Madness happens, everybody's going to expect them to be there. But yeah, by I mean, not I can saying a damn word, I could I could really see it either way. And I honestly, when it comes down to it, I think I'd be fine either way, whether mm -hmm. they actually recast him and give us a whole new team with every everybody for whatever Fantastic Four the movie do. Because I don't remember if that actually has a date. I don't know if that moved at all with the director shift and everything. I don't, I don't think... think they ever gave it a date. OK, so even, even more that reason like that I would think that they're officials. still working on a cast and maybe they're filling out around Krasinski. I don't know. But yeah, at, at this point, I'd be fine either way. I think I. I I think I'd, telling be, myself I'd, I'd be, be fine, fine but I think it would stand out like a sore thumb that that's like the one big inconsistency. I mean, there's no guarantee that Patrick Stewart's coming back as Professor X either. It's not, but it makes potential. But you've also uh, they also own the properties where there's already been a different actor playing him at a different age. Yeah, we could have McAvoy as Professor X. Well, you know? Or or somebody else that you introduce potentially at a different point. Of their age left because but like really where you leave off like apocalypse i think i don't remember i don't remember anything about dark phoenix it was so <laughs> bad um one of those movies you finally get mcavoy with the shaved head in yeah the chair for a second yeah yeah so you could i, I guess my my theory like 
that that's a rare exception because of the, the age of Patrick Stewart one. And you've already established a different actor portraying him at, at a younger point in his life anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I don't know where they're going with that. I just if they did, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, I I would hope that maybe they don't wait if they actually do have a Fantastic Four cast picked yeah. now that we have presumably maybe a Reed Richards that they yeah. announce the rest of the cast because now I'm very curious who else would be on that team. And maybe and I don't know if they're doing like Comic-Con stuff this summer, right, but maybe that's that, yeah. something they can do. So, I mean, that's a good point. Think of what they announced three years ago, what is out already, and what we know are release dates for the remainder of it. We know we're getting Thor in July. That was previously announced. Yeah. Is anything coming in the fall? I feel like there's got to be something in the fall, but I can't think of what. I didn't pull up any of the dates right in front of me, so I don't know when the other if stuff's so, coming. If so, something it's it's jumping out of my head. Then I know we just had the shuffle with uh oh, um I think November is Black Panther. Oh, that might be right. Yeah. Um then we just had the shuffle with the other two movies. And Ant Man and, and Miss and the Marvels. And the Marvels. Switched. So I think Ant Man is now February. February and Marvel's like June. Yeah. May or June. So the next four call it four movies if even if i have the date wrong on black panther the next four movies were basically already announced in the you know a couple years ago we knew about those within a year from now yeah within a year from now ish um we're going to be at the end of that slate yeah maybe this summer or i don't know if there's a d23 or there's gonna be like a big investor call again that would be a really good time, yes, prob- probably Comic-Con, to be honest, to do a big fan and uh, a casting announcement for Fantastic Four. Even if you don't have a, a solid release date, you could at least say, like, coming sometime in 2024. Because they, they announced the Fantastic Four movie as happening during the investor call, but I think yes. if you have a cast, yes, that putting them up on stage at Comic-Con is probably the yes. cooler way to do it, so... That seems likely. The whole, like, first family of Marvel thing and yeah. you know, Stan Lee's big creation to kick off Marvel Comics, like all, like, the superhero comics there and all that stuff. Like, yeah, like that, you, you want to do that. You want to have a big in-person thing. So maybe there? Um, I do want to loop back to some of the other cast, but yeah, I do, do want to touch on this sort of before I forget, which is the the hints that the Illuminati seem to give, which is the, the incursions. Um, yeah. Which they they sort of talk about being like other universes are crashing into each other and and basically destroying each other, which in my mind is their breadcrumbs possibly to like talk about what's coming later. Like I feel like the multiverse cannot continue forever. I think it's too much of a get out of jail free card, and it's like I, I can understand them having fun with it while it's there, but eventually it's going to stop. And I think this is yeah. the breadcrumbs for eventually the the whole thing's just going to come crashing down at some point. Uh, I could see that, and I think knowing it would be ridiculous for all the multiverse stuff that Kang laid out in Loki, knowing that he's going to be a part of Ant Man, for that not to play a role, and, and all the quantum physics shit that Ant Man did with Endgame. Yeah, it would be ridiculous for it to not be a part of that. Whether like whether it's a part of Black Panther and the Marvels and right. Thor, like. I mean, honestly, I'm still I'm waiting for stuff from Eternals to have the ripple effects everywhere else, too, because I feel like that left some big things in the MCU to deal with. It very, it very well could, too. And part of this is like, okay, 
the the next pieces I feel are so specialized because yeah. Thor Thor leaves off with the Guardians at the end of Endgame. That has to go somewhere primarily on its own, not impacted by these these other things. Yeah. I'm presuming a lot of the core of Black Panther 2 is going to revolve around Chadwick not being there. Right. So you don't want to probably have these other, like maybe some eternal stuff who knows, but like other, like there, I, I, I won't be shocked if black Panther remains more localized in the way that the first one was as well. Uh, Ant-Man. Yes. Ant-Man could be bigger, but maybe the, maybe the Marvels or so, I'm assuming like multiverse stuff is going to get like that. That is phase four. That that is yeah. where that is bookending it. And then whatever, like if you call it phase four is the end of like the Marvels, because that's the slate we know about right now. I don't think it's going to wrap up that quickly, though. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. But it's just saying like, I can't go forever. Like, I don't I, I don't think the arc. Of. Like the, the first three phases were the infinity saga this is not right. the multiverse saga i yeah, don't we know of i, I don't think it, it could be i if don't they see go it that, that way i don't see it that way um i could be wrong but we'll see so i wouldn't be shocked if it kind of gets wrapped up within like the next year because i mean i was so, like I, i've been more. waiting to see like what's going to tie into loki the way they left loki with like the multiverse spiraling out of control and right. it occurred to me that this movie kind of I guess connects to that because if the if the incursions are happening, you would think they would be able to be prevented by the TVA. The TVA doesn't really exist anymore, right? So yep. they should be policing the stuff that Doctor Strange was fucking up, but because they're not around, they can't, you know, nip the buds and keep everything spinning as it should. And mm-hmm. now shit's compounding and really, really getting out of control. Yeah. But it's so also... that was something that occurred to me the other day that I was like, okay, maybe this does actually connect to stuff that came before. <laughs> so, well, is that also a slight contradiction in terms that it feels like No Way Home and this firmly talk about the existence of a multiverse as yeah. though it is it is the it's almost the fabric of existence is a multiverse. A multiverse does not exist because it's outside of the sacred timeline. In the way that Loki talked about it. That's right. Well, I guess Loki was more time travel, not... Well, I guess even their time travel They're more was like technically time, multiverse-y time stuff. Time branches, divergent, existent branches based on decisions and events on the timeline. Yeah. But it felt, at the time, like that is how... That was their explanation for the multiverse, were yeah. these deviations. But the way that this is presenting it, like, the multiverse is just a thing. Like, of course it's a thing. It always exists. So, well, I mean, I can, I, I don't I can know classify, like, the yet. dreamwalking stuff as, like, variants almost. Like, if if you're inhabiting someone else's body and doing stuff that they wouldn't otherwise do, that would make them a variant, right? right? Uh, yeah, but, so either that, right, so that's what I'm saying, like, reconciliation. Either variants are as natural as anything... And the philosophy of the TVA as presented in um, in Loki is inherently wrong. Or there's something else at play that has to say, like, why that, both of those things can exist at the same time. We're going to have to get that Michael Waldron on the phone and get him to explain all this stuff for <laughs> us because you were involved in both of these, buddy. 
Oh, that's true. That is true. Yeah, good point. Um, all right. So I feel like we got very sidetracked with some other <laughs> other stuff, and there's still a few things I want to touch on. So we're gonna try to get through this stuff quickly. But, okay. Uh, American Chavez. What do you think of her? Oh, uh, absolutely charming. She did great. I I I didn't know really much about like the America Chavez character. Um, I just knew like from casting announcements and whatnot that like, Oh, it's a big deal that like this, um, for lack of a better word, like ethnic character was being introduced in Dr. Strange. This is awesome. I did not expect the opening scene. Oh yeah. Like in the middle of action to just kick it off and go that, that was pretty cool. Um, and I don't think her power set, I, di- I didn't know anything about her or her power set. So nah. I, di- I just thought they made up the multiverse leaping and stuff for the movie. Cause it was convenient for the plot. No, that's okay. kind of like what her powers are from what I looked up. Oh, okay. Like, cool. It all kind of fits like that. It, it worked very well. Um, I actually, uh, she's one of the reasons that I'm looking forward to going back to see it again. Um, as much as you said that Wanda kind of dominates, the the emotional space of the movie um i would have absolutely been fine with like more america time like she she was really great yeah i want to i want to see more of her see what they do with her in the future because they're definitely starting to bring in like the the younger team Mm -hmm. right they're they're setting the groundwork for the younger characters that are probably going to take over or at least form some sort of team themselves so i really want to see that come to fruition because you now have you have her you have kate from Hawkeye, and you're mm-hmm. going to get Miss um, Marvel. Miss Marvel. Um, oh, fans are going to kill us for not remembering her name. But yes, you're. I, I think you're on the Kamala. right path. You're going to get Kamala. Kamala, yes. Yeah. Um, can we just agree that uh, Wong needs his own Disney Plus series? There is so much they could do with him that could be both really fun but also not, not like everything he like he could almost be the new Nick Fury. He's the Coulson, I feel the like. The Coulson, something like that. Yes. Like it it would work really well. I oh my god, did you have the same um like catch your breath moment when he fell off the cliff? I yeah, I was not sure if they'd go that do, like do my man Wong that dirty. Like I was I was very scared <laughs> for a minute. That was like the way that scene was shot too. Like there's he just gets thrown off you see the whip like thing come up and it yeah. just tings off the rock and he continues to fall. And then your, your heart sinks at that moment. Yep. Because he is that kind of, it feels like he's the roadie to Dr. Strange yeah. in a yeah. way. Like he's, he's like, right. Even though he's the sorcerer Supreme. Um, and you're like, which that is the perfect kind of candidate character to land emotional impact to drive motivation and plot by a death you know so here's another thought that i had will they actually kill wong to make dr strange sorcerer supreme i don't they know. make the mention I mean, for in in when he's in uh earth a what a38 with mordo that mordo gets sorcerer supreme because dr strange died oh i see um i don't know i think this is working fine i there's nothing they've presented um after there's nothing they've presented in No Way Home or this where honestly like the position of sorcerer supreme seems to have any bearing. He he still he Fair. still did exactly yeah. what he wanted. Wong didn't yeah. stop him from making the spells in Spider-Man that split the universe apart. Yeah. Um 
it doesn't seem to like and, and like wong hasn't he was the one that was like captured and whatnot but like you you made a good point like where is the time stone uh strange still wears the, like the the amulet of the eye of agamotto around his neck time stone's not in there so like, so and like, it what? did something when he tried to unlock a door the door Right, so I right. don't know if it's supposed to do something even without the time stone, if that was just a casing for the time stone, but you don't, you can still use it without the time stone. I'm not really sure There's what that, that device is supposed to it. do without the time stone. Right. So like the, like Wanda takes, I mean, probably because she didn't have Steven, but she also takes Wong prisoner because as Sorcerer Supreme, he has access to powers and information and things she needs. Yeah. So... In that role, that had an effect. But other than that, there hasn't really been a lot to, like, differentiate. Um, there's no reason that you need to change anything to make Stephen Strange the Sorcerer Supreme again. Yeah. Fair. That's fair. Um, Christine. What do you think about Christine? Rachel McAdams. So I'm going to couple part of my comments about her character along with Mordo. Okay. And I'll get that out of the way first. I, I think by this point, Marvel is getting too deep to have a, to having a subplot problem with a lot of their individual characters. There was so much of phase three that was so centered around getting to Infinity War that you got a movie with Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Then you have him play, let's be honest, kind of a cute role in Thor. You could have reworked those aspects of Thor for him and Loki to still end up doing certain things without the Doctor Strange of it all. Yeah. Then you need Doctor Strange to be a part of the proceedings in Infinity and then in the conclusion with Endwar. Or, I'm sorry, Infinity War and then with Endgame. Um... So we haven't picked up with him in five and a half years. And you had this love interest subplot floating out there from his first film that would, you know, was, didn't play into anything else. Um, Rachel McAdams doesn't even have a cameo of any kind, not mentioned. She's not even mentioned, I don't think, in anything else. Same with Mordo. You leave off the first Doctor Strange thinking, okay, the, the journey continues with Mordo his path is going to be the consolidation and eradication of other sorcerers. And he and Steven will have to clash. This isn't even that version of Mordo. Yeah. And their conflict isn't even furthered or revisited in any way. So between that and the Christine part, which the Christine part was handled a little bit Better, I was really sad when I thought she was only going to be in that opening scene. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it felt like they were moving on. I'm like, oh, that's how they're tying that up? That sucks. <laughs> like, I get it. She's married, so you end that. But that sucks. Yeah. I was very happy that they incorporated her in the way that they did in the other reality. Yeah. It was a, it was a really good use of her. Because she, she persists through to the end. You know, I, yeah. I, I again, I thought, okay, we get her in in the Baxter building and that whole sequence happens. And I thought, okay, we're moving on from Christine, but no, she comes along for the ride with us. Um, I, I'm, I guess I'm sad that 
I, I don't know if they back. I, I get it, right? We've said this before. These are not monthly comics. They can't give you a, a constant continuation of these threads so often. We get a movie every three, four, five years. Yeah. That that can use some of these elements. So it's hard to do. I get it. Um, I would have liked to see some of her parts of the first movie uh, be a little bit more present um, in, in this, but I get why they couldn't. Um, and I'm glad that they did utilize her to the extent that they did. I yeah. And Rachel McAdams is another one. She's, she's on that same list with Haley. So I was always happy to see her back. Yeah. I'm glad they gave her like, I, I think I wanted her to do more, but I was still glad how much they, they got her in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like see soon. And as soon as she name drops the Baxter building, you're like, Oh, oh. but <laughs> Yeah, she she was she was great in the movie. Mordo, I think too was. I think it was fun seeing that version of him. I'm still waiting for the I want to kill Doctor Strange version that we got from Doctor Strange one. Like yeah. I I do want that to come back around. Um, I don't know if we're gonna get it in Doctor Strange three, considering how this movie sort of ends, which we'll we'll get to. Yeah. Uh, but because again, I don't know how much they're gonna. That would be I feel like a B like a subplot if if Mordo shows up for Doctor Strange three and it's going the way it seems to be going. I don't know. Yeah. But. I don't know. I'd, I'd almost kind of want like now I kind of want a Disney Plus series for Mordo where he's just offing wizards <laughs> the whole time. Like, I'm I'm cool with that. If they did something like that, that would then lead kind of like they did with WandaVision. Like they do that, then that leads into. Some subplot or furtherance, uh, you know, some part of, a, of Doctor Strange three that if it's not the main focus, it at least makes sense. You're 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 not trying to show us all of the stuff that you otherwise could put in a limited series. Yeah, cram that into the movie plus the resolution. You at least get right. the lead up ahead of time. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about it already, but Sam Raimi's direction. What do you think? Really great. Um, I I I feel bad. I hadn't realized. Um, and I I didn't realize this was the first movie he directed in almost a decade. I don't um, think I realized that either. The last movie he directed was uh, Oz, The Great and Powerful. Oh, okay. He did wow. some TV, um, but not even much before that. He did, like, I think he did the pilot to Ash vs. the Evil Dead, which was a continuation series of the Evil Dead story for stars, I think. Right. I think he did the pilot. Okay. Um, or, or the, but, like, that's it. Like, he has, like, a couple. Sm- like two other small little things there, but that's it. He did. It's been since 2013 that he did. And I don't know, like, I know that movie didn't do well. And I think it got kind of bad reviews or something. I don't, I I saw it once, but I don't remember a lot of it, but I I don't know if it was like, he got put in movie jail or, or what it was, but, um, this was a really good return to form. Yeah. This, this was great. The imagery in this, I think, is some of the stuff that I'm I'm really stuck with me. I think yeah. the the freakiness of like Wanda invading Comertage, I think, was unsettling, which was good. Um, and when she possesses other Wanda and storms the Illuminati facility and <laughs> yeah. just starts taking out Ultrons and stuff, and like the the I don't know if it's supposed to be oil or blood or whatever, but that's just, just on her. Yeah, and she's just kind of stalking them through the facility. All of that stuff is great. I think it's a nice. Because we talked about this with, like, the rating and how you can get away with certain things. Yeah. I think that's why it's intentionally left ambiguous, because we know she encountered some people, and we know, and we see what she does to some of them. Like, she yeah. just straight up cuts Peggy in half yeah. at the waist with the shield. Um, But 
this yeah this mixture of that with robot fluid let, lets you be ambiguous enough as to what is all over her so maybe it's not exactly all blood so you can get away with you know a pg-13 yeah um danny elfman's score gotta be honest to you at all not really um so on the one hand i didn't know that it was um him until the credits but I, well, to be fair, I think I went into it thinking it was um, Gene Kino the whole time. So I'm just listening like, yeah, Gene Kino doing it again. <laughs> yeah, you're knocking it out of the park, my brother, because he did the first Strange and, and yes. established the Strange theme. Um, and then after, I swear, I don't know what I did. When we reviewed the Batman, and I'm like, holy shit, Gene Kino's... Uh, music for the batman can't wait for doctor strange i don't, I don't know why i thought <laughs> but um I, I the music will be something i pay attention to much more on the next viewing i've i've tried to listen to the soundtrack for for this movie uh-huh. just afterwards to try to get a feel for it because i don't feel like it stuck out to me a lot the score did yeah um i i felt like there wasn't enough of the Doctor Strange theme in the movie that I didn't hear. It didn't seem, feel like it, it stuck out to me as much as it did for the first Doctor Strange because I think Giancino has an arrangement for that first, the theme song in the first movie that I adore. I think that is one of the best MCU theme songs for a character. It's like just, right it, up there it's with definitely the, one the Avengers theme. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, not other than that, um, there's the Guardians, um, but there's actually not too many direct character themes to be honest yeah they really aren't and i like the listening to the soundtrack on its own you can hear nods to the theme it's sort yeah. of like replayed a little bit but it's done with like a full orchestra like more quote-unquote traditional mm, yeah and i don't know if like elfman's score just kind of to me just felt more i don't, I don't know traditional ordinary it didn't it didn't set itself apart to feel like it actually did something different or unique like giancino's score did for the first Doctor Strange, so it felt a little lacking to me. Mm. The one scene, obviously, that that is just really kind of fun to listen to now is the sequence of the movie when they when they fight with music notes. That was awesome. Like that, and I that I played very well with that scene, and even just listening to it on its own, it's like okay, this is really kind of fun. Yeah, I wish um, Sarah was here to be a part of this conversation because I am sure she, she was not sitting directly next to me in the in the theater. Yeah. She was probably geeking the hell out. Because you can hear, like, um, all classical scores during oh, very that much. time. Yeah, and I'm assuming people who are visual effects artists and people who are composers like to, not to say they always do, but they are prone to um, going very deep in the way yeah. that they present something. So, for instance... I would not be surprised if it was not just a random selection of music or um, notes that were used as weapons or like there's probably like deeper meaning behind what was selected visually. I almost assume that the along notes with that the they throw are the notes that you hear. Well, right, right, right. But like why why throw this quarter note that was an F sharp? Or, or that was a was a B. Like if it, I, I don't know, but I just wouldn't be shocked. And and after a few more viewings, or if she, like we could find an article about from like uh, 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 music scholars that break that stuff down. <laughs> like 
if we can find it, like she would probably love to talk someone's ear off about that. And I'd be yeah, yeah. really curious to see if there was that kind of thought process behind it. Yeah. Uh, something else I was going to ask, like the, the movie ends with uh, Doctor Strange claiming he's fine. And then he, we see that he does, in fact, get the third eye that the other Strange had from presumably using the Darkhold for so long. Mm-hmm. So that really can't be good, right? Like, I don't think that's <laughs> meant to be good. I mean, in general, no, I don't think it is. But he seems to be like, you get the mid credit scene and he just like kind of opens his third eye and goes like, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal now. I, I don't know. I'm yeah, assuming hard... that's going to be played out in Dr. Strange three, but hard to tell. Um, And before we take this piece of the conversation into the post credits and then possibly some of the stuff that, they show us that might involve the, the next movie. Um, what I'll say about that part is I, I'm guessing there's some kind of time lapse between, because is it, is it the first mid credits scene or the last scene of the regular movie that you see him have the third eye? The very end of the movie, the he's, movie is crossing yeah, okay. the street and falls over and, and the it third happens. Eye pops right. Out. Okay. So I'm assuming a little bit of time, maybe not a lot, but, couple of weeks who knows has passed between that happening to him and the events of the stinger yeah taking place because it seems like he's gotten uh under control to just not have a third eye in the middle of his head all the time yeah you know what i mean so something's going on there um all right so mid-credits scene time well Um, before okay so before we do that i got okay my other quick notes the opening sequence um apparently there was some rights issues around the squid creature um, that date back with Marvel to like the 60s or 70s. <laughs> so they officially, uh, they cannot call that thing what it was called in the comics when it was written 50 years ago. Oh. <laughs> because they stole the name to like maybe a similar-ish creature from like a short story that some guy wrote in the 50s and then his family sued Marvel when they did that. So I I saw that on the backstory. So the name of this creature as named in this movie is Gargantos. Okay. I don't think it's ever like, I don't think anyone ever speaks it or or references it like, oh no, not Gargantos. That sucks. But all I could think the whole time, and especially since they finish it by puncturing its eye, Starro. Oh yeah. The whole time. Yeah. I'm like, uh. Borrowed from James Gunn. Good idea. <laughs> if you're going to copy somebody, copy James yeah, Gunn. Yeah, those are the worst people to borrow from. Correct. Um, wanted to point out that IMDb lists the weak, I'm going to call him the weak-minded, the weak link wizard uh, who Wanda finds among the ranks to, to uh, break yeah. the shield for Comitage. He's listed as the weasel. <laughs> Charlie Norton as the weasel. Very James Gunn nod. Uh, possibly, yeah, yeah. Um, then quickly, my man, Bruce Campbell. Yeah. I was so happy that Bruce Campbell is in the MCU. <laughs> I don't even care. Like, the fact that... It didn't even occur to me that Raimi... Like, ahead of time, like, I knew Raimi was directing this. Didn't even occur to me to think about his Bruce Campbell cameos. Um, which, it's just... If you don't know that, like, he's in all the Spider-Man movies... Uh, the the Toby movies as different yeah. people. He's never the yeah. same character, not the same person. Um, 
And just in case anyone else was confused by it or didn't understand the in-joke, because I had to explain it to Brian, who <laughs> does not have the horror background, it is an in-joke in, in this movie that Doctor Strange does something to that, to Bruce Campbell's vendor, hot dog vendor character. Pizza Papa. The, the pizza, yes. Um, to possess his left hand, because that is the running through joke of Bruce Campbell's character, Ash, in the Evil Dead trilogy. It becomes possessed by getting bitten after it's bitten by a zombie, and it tries to attack him. He spends like a good 15, 20 minutes at various times in the Evil Dead 2 doing things to fight against his own hand trying to kill him. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, also, then I realized this afterward, those movies center around the Book of the Dead, the Necronomicon. This movie centers around the Darkhold. There you go. Very, very I nice. Have had that connection with both, like with both Bruce and Sam. There, I like it. Yeah. Lastly, and this, I'm going to look at this next time. In the Evil Dead movies, specifically the first two, um, those are especially the first one is as low budget indie movie as you get for the era. Like the fact that that became like a midnight movie success is a miracle, and thank God it did. Um, the, the car that the actors drive to the cabin in the evil dead was Sam Raimi's real personal vehicle <laughs> so that they could just save money and like, okay, here is my car in the shots Yeah, that he has used that car somewhere in almost every one of his movies. It's, it's like, it shows up somewhere like in a background. It's somewhere it was in, I miss this when they get to the decaying world when they're still in the city environment with the, 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 the oh, yeah. taller buildings, apparently it is like right there on the street somewhere. Oh. <laughs> it, it's a, it's like a 1973 Oldsmobile of like a goldish tan yellowish color. So okay. if, if you go back to watch the movie or if you haven't seen it yet, but you, when they, when you'll see it, when they come out into the decaying dissolving universe of, of dark strange, look for uh, a, a really shitty 1973 Oldsmobile somewhere. That's Sam, that is Sam Raimi's car. Nice. Uh, lastly, um, oh, two other things. We talked about the Minotaur in the theater. That's never explained yeah, why that even makes from. sense for anything. Like maybe all the portals they open at the end of Endgame, some of the creatures decide to stick around. Maybe, maybe it's like a, a a Green Lantern type of thing where they're like, oh, we can sense abilities you know in you traveler from afar who knows but otherwise they're just like they just expect you to i think right your your reaction to me was they just expect you to shake your head and nod yeah just smile like, and nod. there's yeah. a green there's a green minotaur okay sure uh and then lastly quickly going back to peggy carter i loved that they gave her caps i can do this all day <laughs> line yeah absolutely loved it all right post credits uh yeah so the the mid credit scene that we get uh which is really like thirty seconds long there's not a lot in there uh Charlize Theron shows up <laughs> which, didn't know that yeah that was a surprise uh does not introduce herself but says something to Doctor Strange about creating an incursion and they have to fix it and then she rips a hole in seemingly the the world right there and just, they just looks like the dark dimension and then yep. they want to go in there and then the third eye pops back up and then they they go yeah yeah we'll do this um. Upon some a little bit of research, I pulled out my uh, Marvel Encyclopedia, 
which I think actually only goes up to 2015. So anything after that, I don't have the stuff for. But she plays the character of Clea, which I'm just going to try to read the paragraph they have here so to try to get some information for anyone that's unfamiliar. So it says, Until recently, the ruler of the Dark Dimension, during her lifetime, the Feltinian princess Clea has experienced numerous trials and tribulations. The daughter of Prince Orini and Umar, uh, influential figure, figures in the Dark Dimension. Clea became involved in much of the potential turmoil afflicting that pocket universe. Doctor Strange first met Clea during one of his first forays to her homeworld, and he was to have a significant influence in her life. Together, they fought against the demon Dormammu. During these battles, they fell in love. Inevitably, these struggles were not without the dangers, and for a time, Clea became trapped in a separate pocket dimension with uh, Dormammu. After her rescue by Strange... Clea spent several years in New York City where she became his disciple and also his lover. When, when she returned to home, she led a revolution against her mother, who had become ruler of the Dark Dimension. After she took her mother's place, she married Strange, but Dumarmu later usurped her throne. Uh, she left Earth to lead the resistance against him. She hid in Valhalla for a time and recently returned to Earth with the Fearless Defenders. That was up through 2015. So, wow. she has ties to the dark dimension, possibly ruler. We don't know whether she falls at this time. Uh, and considering it seems like we got a end to the Christine, Dr. Strange romance, presumably in this movie, I would that say, they yeah, yeah. will not be together. It seems like they're setting up another love interest for him in his next movie. Okay. Which, which could be, um, I mean, most of these characters, I think it was sweet that you had the beginnings of Tony and Pepper in the first Iron Man in the way that you did. Yeah. I get, I'm kind of bothered and sad that they just really gave Liv Tyler the shaft uh, from, from the Incredible Hulk. I feel like she's got to be back at some point. I keep holding on hope, but yeah, maybe, but um, I mean, I guess the other, like the, the real big one, right. Would be that's going to continue. We know of is going to be Thor and Jane. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I'm fine with not everybody having a love interest. Part, like, compliment character i'm all right with that so yeah like, if if they don't use that aspect of her character history in this i'm totally fine with it yeah well we'll see where they go i wouldn't be surprised if they they lean into that at some point like i said i think they wrapped up christine well enough that yeah i don't i don't think there's gonna be gonna... anything like oh you're breaking up me and my husband or he died or yeah something yeah uh-uh. Because cause so, presumably it would only be able to work with him in his reality. It would not be like, I'm striking up a cross-universe relationship with other Christine. Yeah. Thinking about it, too, like, I feel like I probably should have brought this up earlier, but I was, I think, also thinking that the What If cartoon was going to play a bigger part of this. Like, we, yes, we get nods to some of the characters we see in What If, but, like, based on that first trailer, I could have sworn that Dark Dark Doctor Strange was going to be the Doctor Strange from What If. And it is not. Uh, yes. I Admittedly, I thought that, too. And part of, like, you also get, like, one of the What If episodes is Captain Carter. Yeah, I think what what if was doing in part was because because right right before Strange, I think right when we were doing our pre-recording before the Star Wars trivia episode, somebody said, oh, I just read something that um, you really should watch all of what if before seeing Doctor Strange as well. Yeah. And I thought 
I don't want what if to be continuity. I I don't want that to be part of the overall stories. So I I viewed it in the way that they plucked things as just Hare's passing familiarity with some of these elements. And you got two two of the big ones there. You got Captain Carter and you got sort of like black, you know, dark strange. Yeah. That dark strange from what if gets there a wholly different way um, is still Sarah had to remind me of this. The whole reason he becomes that is because he is on a on a never ending pursuit of trying to save his own Christine who dies in his universe. So he keeps going and destroying these others trying to mess with time and space to preserve her. Um, yeah, I, I thought it might go that way, but I'm glad it didn't because I did not want it to just be a carbon copy of what we already watched. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Andy that was talking about that. Cause I did text him after I think seeing the movie and said, really the only thing I think you need to watch is WandaVision is Wanda. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you, you don't, finish WandaVision, you, you go straight into this and be fine. What if for story reasons? Yeah. Uh, Oh, one of the nod to, I should have brought this up when we were talking about the score. Uh, Danny Elfman's score. The when Professor X rolls out on screen, yes. you get very few little hints of the '90s X-Men theme. Yes, there. you get like those like three or four notes. You just I think it's like the yeah, and that's it. That's so it. That was enough for me. That that made me excited, especially because I forgot that soon. I think sometime this year the revival cartoon is going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah, the X-Men 97 is what they're supposed to be doing. Yes, which is apparently, just, it's just picking up right where the other one left off, and it's just continuing. I'm all for it. Same. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. I think we've talked for probably about two hours, so I think we're probably <laughs> where we should be wrapping this up regardless. But uh, any any last thoughts for this, and we'll end with a rating. I think I know, I think we got just about everything. If I think of it afterward, I'll throw it in social media comments afterward, but... Yeah, I just I can't really talk about this enough. This was great. All right, have you had enough time to think about your rating? Do you know what you're going to rate this, or do you want me to go first? You go first. I never think of the rating until <laughs> literally until you ask me the question. So I basically just going off of what I mentioned earlier, I think this is top of the mid-tier for me, and I think anything in the top tier for me it has to be rated 9 or above. I don't think I'd, I, at least in my mind, I don't think I'd get anything lower than top tier like at 8 or 8.5 so i'm going to give this an 8.5 i think it's just under the cusp of my top tier stuff so that's my logic for getting there i i saw it twice i would probably still go see it again if somebody else wanted to i don't know if i'd I'd go out of my way to watch it by myself but it's definitely one that i'm i'm curious to watch again after some time away from it and i i want to see where this fits after other movies have come out too. Like part of the fun of the MCU is seeing how the the movies all fit together once they're all out. Mm-hmm. Like seeing the journey as it's happening, it's a little bit harder to get perspective on what each movie is doing, right? To set up the next and all that stuff. So there's still some unknowns, and I do want to see where all this goes. I I think Doctor Strange is really fun. I kind of hope if they do a third, whenever well, whenever they do a third movie, that Doctor Strange maybe gets a little bit more focused the next time. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him do a little bit more or get more of an arc that's I think more. Uh, appealing or not not appealing more obvious maybe I don't know but yeah I think I think the cameos and stuff are all fun like I said the middle section of this movie I think is really really fucking good Um, introducing a new character like America America Chavez is cool I want to see more Mordo going forward yep Um, yeah that's that's my piece I think 
I, I'm glad you went as high as you did because I, I know like this is just like initial gut reaction from enjoying the experience so much. Um, I'm easily giving this an eight. Okay. Yeah. This this, this was a good time. You think Rami's gonna come back, or you think they're gonna try to get Derrickson back, or somebody else for? I I doubt Derrickson. Um, I mean, no one's really walked away from something, especially a a potential sequel, and then like, oh, I'm coming back later. So probably not. I I mean, if this performs well enough, and if there is you know good enough critical reception and fan reception to what I, I to be fair though, I think it also depends on what what is the goal of the next one? What needs to be presented? What is like Sam Raimi's history and style worked very well for this. Yeah. Not to say that this is the only thing he can do, but this thing he does well. Yeah. Um, so maybe they give him another shot. If, even if it's uh, a bit different than this next time. Um, but we'll, we'll wait and see. Sounds like a plan. Uh, all right, so that's where we're going to leave this one. Uh, let us know what you thought about Doctor Strange in the comments and stuff. For the episode, uh, hit us up on all the socials. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Search Bright Guy Super Friends. Go to facebook.com slash Bright Guy Super Friends. Again, you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. Uh, as Josh mentioned earlier, feel free to email me, brightguysuperfriends at gmail.com. Yeah, you got you to find out what the – you got to get that direct link to the to the old show. For the first movie from Brian. Yeah, we can, I can I can specifically email you the the file for our our Doctor Strange review if you can't find it if you want to let's do it that badly. Exactly. Other otherwise, you know, I just re-upload <laughs> it and tell you it's the same thing, and, and you guys can do. I, I still think we should do that. <laughs> um, I really want to quick, quick wanted to point out I also forgot uh, this was number four on my most anticipated for for this year. And mm. I, after seeing it, I, I was not disappointed. I, it, it ended up justifying that slot. Nice. I don't know if I had this. I might have had this on my list. I don't remember. I didn't pull up the list. Yeah, we can list. we can revisit that another <laughs> another time. Um, yeah, you can also hit us up on Twitter at BG Super Friends. Uh, we we <laughs> just had a tweet the other day that uh, got the most likes the Twitter account <laughs> has ever had on Twitter. Fifteen <laughs> likes for one of a post about the fourth season trailer for Westworld, which I don't know why the fuck that one got as many likes as it did. But hey, we're moving up in the world, so maybe <laughs> maybe we'll see how how the post for this episode does. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitch, Jedi Bry Guy. It's Jedi with an I, Bry with a Y. Uh, again, that's we have the the vod there for our Star Wars trivia is up. Um, I will still try to pin that. So if, on socials, if you guys want to come back and, and watch us play some Star Wars trivia, uh, any other time we decide to do a podcast and live stream it, we'll do it there. Uh, follow me if you want to watch me play some games occasionally, whenever I decide to stream it. Sometimes it's like weeks at a time before I decide to do it, but then I might get a, uh, as Josh calls it a whimsy and want to stream yeah. for a couple days. So that can also happen. Uh, but that's it on behalf of Josh and myself. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time.